Welcome to On The Way, where we walk through scripture in episodes that are short enough that you can listen to them on the way to your destination and deep enough to help you on the way to becoming who God created you to be. We are being sanctified. We've not yet reached perfection. We are not yet in heaven, but we are on the way. Welcome to episode 38 of On The Way. Today we're starting at Luke 19.28, the triumphant entry. We made it to Jerusalem finally. We've been walking this way for a long way. So as Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, crowds of people are cheering. Remember, they think that Jesus is coming to overthrow the government, to establish a new earthly kingdom. So they use their jackets to make a red carpet for Jesus as he enters the town. And they said, blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord, Luke 19, 38. And this makes the Pharisees so mad. They see Jesus is letting people worship him. And if he's not God, that's blasphemy, blasphemy, right? And Jesus says, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers, Luke 19, 40. When Jesus gets into Jerusalem, he goes immediately to the temple and he sees that the temple has been overrun by a bunch of people who are using the temple, the sacrificial system to get rich, and they've set up their booths right in the place that is supposed to be reserved for the Gentiles to worship. So they're, they're crowding out the Gentiles. So chapter 19 ends with Jesus running through the temple, tearing down all their shops. And this made the religious leaders even more mad. So they started planning how to kill Jesus, but they couldn't think of a way to do it because the people loved Jesus and they would riot if they did anything to Jesus. In chapter 20, after Jesus is again confronted by the priest, Jesus told a parable about some evil farmers. They rented a field from a man, and in return, they agreed to give the owner part of the crops from the field. Uh, But when the owner sent his servants to collect his portion of the crop, the farmers beat the servant and sent them home. This happens three times until finally the owner sent his son to get the crop, and the farmers killed the son. In return, the owner killed the farmers and rented the field to someone else. So in this story, the owner's servants represent the prophets in the Old Testament that that come to proclaim the news of God. And the son is Jesus. God sent prophets, then he sent Jesus. And those who rejected the son will be killed. Verse 19 says, the teachers of religious law and the leading priests wanted to arrest Jesus immediately because they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers, but they were afraid of the people's reaction. Luke 20, 19. So the priest sent some messengers in, in disguise to try to trap Jesus. They asked him, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Luke 20, 22. Jesus replied, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God, Luke 20, 25. The world kept trying to get Jesus to fight political battles, but Jesus stayed focused on the eternal goal. The world is constantly tempting us to fight political battles, and it's hard to resist because sometimes it does seem like we can get things done politically. The problem is we can't change hearts with politics. The only way to change the world is by changing hearts. We can make temporary short-term changes with politics, but if you really want to make long-term changes, you have to change the heart. Then some Sadducees ask Jesus a question. 
Sadducees were the religious leaders who, who didn't believe in life after death. So they told him a story about a woman who was married to seven different men. They asked, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? They didn't believe in the resurrection. So they're trying to challenge Jesus, Luke 20, 33. And before I move on, now that we're seeing how Jesus responds to questions like these, what do you think he's going to say? He said, marriage is for people here on earth, but in the age to come, those worthy of being raised from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. Luke 20, 34 and 35. Again, people were concerned with the earthly matters, but Jesus was concerned with eternity. But Jesus realized they were asking this because they didn't believe in the afterlife, so he added to that. Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, Moses referred to the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead, for they are all alive in him. Luke 20, 37-38. So Jesus knew these guys follow these great heroes of Israelite history, so he used their words to refute their own claims. Then Jesus flipped the script on them. They had been asking questions. Now he is asking a question. He says, why is it that the Messiah is said to be the son of David? Luke 20, 41. The Pharisees were calling Jesus son of David in order to emphasize that Jesus was a man, a descendant of David and not God. But Jesus quotes some of David's words in Psalms, and then he says, Since David called the Messiah Lord, how can the Messiah be his son? Luke 20, 44. Then he turned to his disciples and the crowd, and he said, Beware of these teachers of religious law. They shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be severely punished. Luke 20, 47. In Luke 21, Jesus is still in Jerusalem teaching the last lessons before he's crucified. And while he was at the temple, he saw, he, he saw some rich people putting money in the offering box. And then he saw a poor widow drop in two coins. Then he says, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. Luke 21, 3 through 4. This isn't a parable. This is a true story. These rich people were probably tithing. And what is Jesus saying about tithing? The standard has been raised. The law said you should give 10% of your money, but Jesus is teaching us it's better to give everything, to totally surrender everything to God. For Christians, tithing is just the beginning of generosity. It's the beginning of giving. Then we give sacrificially, not because it's a law, but because we follow Christ. And as we are molded into the people we were created to be, we become more like Christ, so we become more generous. Then the rest of chapter 21 is an interaction between Jesus and his disciples. The disciples were admiring the stonework of the temple, and I've seen it. It is absolutely amazing to this day. And Jesus says, The time is coming when all these things will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of the other. Luke 21, 6. And today, if you go to see the temple, you will see a destroyed temple. That prophecy was fulfilled. Rocks laying all over that used to be the walls. It's been destroyed. This is actually the statement that the religious leaders used to justify killing Jesus, right? Right? 
but they misquoted him. They said he said he was going to demolish the temple, but that's not what he said. He says the day is coming when it will be destroyed. So what was Jesus prophesying here? We all know that the Jerusalem temple has been destroyed many times throughout history. But the last time it was destroyed in 70 AD was the final time. It has not been rebuilt. So it seems obvious to me that Jesus was prophesying that destruction. But most Christians actually believe that he was prophesying a destruction that hasn't happened yet. That would, that would require the temple to be rebuilt again in the future and then destroyed again. Now, why would any Christian want the Jerusalem temple to be rebuilt? We are the temple. It, it, that temple has been replaced. We don't want that temple to be rebuilt. Our kingdom is not of this world. It's an eternal kingdom. And we are eternal beings. They asked Jesus when this would happen, and he says it's not going to happen immediately, so don't listen to anyone who says it will. First, you're going to see some wars, some natural disasters, some miracles and persecution. He says the Christians will be dragged into synagogues and prisons, but don't worry. God has promised to give you the right words to speak when they do. He says, I will give you such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. Luke 21, 15. He says, some of them will even be killed, but they cannot take their souls, right? He tells them that they will know it's time for the destruction when Jerusalem is surrounded by armies. Those who say the destruction of the temple will happen in the future, they have to make the argument that Jesus wasn't actually talking to his disciples when he said that they would see Jerusalem surrounded. Then Jesus goes on to talk about the terrible pain that would be caused in the time of war. And I believe all of the prophecies of Luke 21 were fulfilled leading up to the destruction of 70 AD of the temple. Some of the events were fulfilled literally, and some of them were fulfilled figuratively. Then in verse 32, Jesus delivers the line that has convinced me what he was talking about. He says, I tell you the truth. This generation will not pass from the scene until all these things have taken place. So those who say that he was talking about some event that hasn't happened yet, some event in our future, they have to make the argument that the generation Jesus was talking about was not a literal generation, but an entire age of generations. But it seems pretty clear to me. Then Jesus tells them to be alert, watch and pray, for that day will come upon everyone living on the earth, Luke 21, 35. Okay, that gets us through the, the end of chapter 21. If you're getting together with a group to discuss this episode, we've included some discussion questions in the show notes. And if you have time, spend a few moments in prayer before your gathering. Ask God to use these passages to form you into the person he created you to be. Thank you for joining me for this episode of On the Way. Here are the discussion questions for this episode. Number one, why do you think Jesus vandalized the shops in the temple? Luke 19.46. Number two, when Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, what was he teaching them? Luke 20.25. 20, Number three, Jesus said people won't be married to each other in heaven. How does that make you feel? And what are the earthly implications of that? Luke 20.35. Number four, why did Jesus praise the poor widow who gave less than the wealthy people? Luke 21.4. And number five, the Jewish religious leaders justified killing Jesus by pointing to his prophecy about the destruction of the temple. 
the temple has been destroyed multiple times throughout history. The curtain that covered the Holy of Holies was ripped when Jesus died, and the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. Many Christians predict that the temple will be rebuilt and then destroyed again in the future. What event do you believe Jesus was prophesying in Luke 21?